so one week you're going to host, and then the next, so we're all going to take it in turns to host, are we? So I yeah, wrote so that just, up to episode eight, it would go Tom, Jack, Jake, Ben, Tom, Jack, Jake, Ben, and then you just go the same again, the same again. Right. Brilliant. I'm next week. So, so oh, it doesn't like, have to be next week, but. Right. Well, no, because that means if this is a good show and everyone goes, this is really good, the next week they go, fucking hell, they fell off second week. <laughs> then that is embarrassing. <laughs> isn't it? I mean, fuck. You know, the other good thing about going last, but at least if we don't, if we, you know. We'll probably last a week. We'll definitely get to the second week. Right? Yeah. We'll fall off on Jake's week. And I won't have to get close. Yeah. And the podcast will be cancelled by the third week anyway. So there. Oh, You're listening to That League One Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever edition of That League One Podcast. Thank you so much for choosing to spend a bit of time with us on our pilot edition. This is where it all begins. I'm delighted to say we have pulled together and united some of the finest voices and faces from the League One football YouTube scene. Sadly, none of the people we asked were available or took us up on the offer. So we're stuck with these three. A big welcome to Jack, Ben, Jake. You're all going to be alongside myself for the entirety of the season discussing absolutely everything there is to discuss with regard to English football's third tier. There is very little need for introductions, as I'm pretty sure you've discovered this podcast through one of our various different platforms. Uh, having said that, first of all, to Mr. Fleetwood Town, Ben, this is very exciting, mate. Great to have you in our first edition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, this this has been a long time coming, I think, and when it, it kind of twigged, didn't it, when we were just chatting and uh, we thought this has to happen. So, no, great to be here. I've had a nice break from it, but it starts again soon. And League One this year, I think, is anyone's. And cannot wait uh, for the next uh, nine months with you, um, fine gentlemen. Is it nine months? Oh, my word. It is. It's like a pregnancy. And at the end, a bundle of joy in the playoffs. Um, but I don't think nine months for you is going to be very pleasant. It is going to be like childbirth. I've, I've never... <laughs> <laughs> Jack Ward's here too, everybody, mate. It's so good to be finally getting this off the ground and perhaps uh, a little more insight into the conversations the four of us have off camera rather than the more regulated and structured things we do when we're on camera. And we have a Patreon as well. Yes, no, and I'm super relaxed. I think these sort of episodes will be. I think that's something that we've, I said, they're all literally stem from a WhatsApp group chat call that we did a couple of probably about a couple of months ago now at the end of last season and we said this would make a perfect podcast one of us just stopped and said why are we not recording this and putting this somewhere and if people choose to listen then that is i mean either a good thing or a bad thing i mean they can decide that's the point of, of a podcast really hopefully you do enjoy it like i said there we, we will be putting we do have a patreon and you can watch this as a video on there uh, we're doing lots of different things on on there as well so if you are watching this and you can see our faces then hello thanks for your money uh, if you're not then you can listen to the uh, audio version which is uh, completely free of course um, but yeah, we'll do lots of things on there as well. I think we're going to try and do it a little bit earlier on there. We'll do a question and answer section. You can send in your questions and we can sort of integrate them into the actual episode. Um, anything I've missed? I don't Hello think and have. thanks for your money. That's like a, a monetized version of Ben's start to the video. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I thought we'd, we'd, we'd change it slightly. But no, I think it's going to be really good fun. And um, yeah, like I say, it's going to be available on, on all of your normal podcast platforms for, for absolutely free and yeah it's, it should be it should be a good laugh mate it should be good fun and the man behind the brand new and exciting channel 72 jakey boy welcome along to the t-lop mate how are you oh just happy to be here i mean i feel like a stray cat at the vet you know you're all your <laughs> typical dog breeds and i'm just the stray cat that walked in but no very happy to to be here and 
to, to speak to you on a, on a recorded platform. I hope you are pressing the record button, Tom, because I can't see that you are. Um, I'm going, mate. Don't you worry. We're oh, going. I was just a little bit concerned, but no. I mean, I have got one eye on the cricket, but um, no. Very excited to to keep a, to keep a close eye on League One with you three. Should be a, should be good. The, the discussions that we've had um, as a foursome. Well, that sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> Lots of discussions. No, it's the discussions we've had, um, you know, off camera and stuff like that. Would, would, it, it made this sort of project the perfect one for, for the upcoming season. So delighted that we finally got it off the ground and looking forward to, to chatting about it. Ben? Jake walking into this like this series, he's like Spurs trying to get into the Super League a few years ago. <laughs> like you've got Jack who's Real Madrid, Tom's Barcelona. I'm like Bayern Munich, and he's like Spurs over here. Like how the bleeding hell has he got in here? <laughs> well, well, he's here, and we're delighted with welcome, Jake. Really glad to be here. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure you. I mean, oh, I'm sure you're having a great good time. To be fair, mate. Alex Griffin's in the Championship now, so yeah, he's oh. the only one that we knew. Yeah, said, everyone else. You know when you feel really wanted. You know when you feel really wanted when your mates go out of the way. Yeah, Jake might get to week four. <laughs> and, and for that, for those people that haven't bothered to spend the money, Ben just did a heart sign with his fingers, just in case. Just bear in mind that there's probably not many people paying for the video bit. So um, <laughs> no one's paying for the video. Let's put out no. no one's paying for the video. <laughs> I think we're wasting our time. Uh, but there we go. Anyway, our first conversation for our ep- first episode is going to be focused around our respective teams transfer activity so far in this window I'll be asking the boys which manager they think will go first from this league one season um, we'll have a brief look at the bookies favourites this campaign as well as that I know each of us will be releasing a league one predictions video at some point soon some of us sooner than others I think Wardy's going to probably be the first one am I right in saying that I would imagine yeah hope Hopefully, I think I think Saturday I'm, I'm aiming for. The problem I've got is I've got a date in mind, but then everybody sort of does five transfers a day right now and it just changes completely. So I'm aiming for Saturday. If it's not Saturday, I do apologise. That probably means I've had a drastic change of heart, but I think I probably will be first. Well, the uh, funny you should say people keep signing people because that was going to be part of my question in a moment. Um, but we, we are going to all be doing predictions at some point soon. So we'll take those shouts from each video. And at the end of the season, I think it'd be good to see who was closest here on the podcast. And I'm sure there'll be some sort of prize for the front runner in, in those. As well as that, we should say a regular feature of our podcast, kindly suggested by Mr. Fleetwood Town, will be our game week predictions on a week by week basis. That, of course, can't happen at this time before the season. Three points for a correct prediction and one point for a correct scoreline does that sound like a good good way to do it i think we want to do that um with a losing member of this team having to do a forfeit to be revealed very soon is it going to be football shirt related like the last one from a certain pair was or he's already well, got the shirt man, haven't you you've already you've already got the shirt mate you, you might as well keep it I, I'm not. I'm not doing that this year. If I'm, if I'm Andre, I think. Well, we'll come up with something. Maybe okay. something the viewers can suggest at home. And if you are a Patreon, you can. Maybe one of the perks that they can maybe have have a yes. have a poll that that we we all come up with a suggestion each, and they can select. So again, thank you for your money, and you can. <laughs> I think the title of episode number one will just be "Thank you for your money." I think that's sorted. We've just got it nailed on. Um. What we can do as a bit of a feature to begin with is uh, a look at League One this week. And as Wardy was saying, there are quite a few signings coming here, there and everywhere. Particularly while the transfer window rages on, we can pick out a handful of bits of news to discuss. First of all, Jakey, Charlton's acquisition of a certain Pamucci. Try that again. Panucci. Is it Camera or Kamara? What Kamara. We Kamara. Why, have Kamara. Some, why have some people called him Camera? 
<laughs> Who's calling him camera, mate? I think that that's for the dyslexic people, Tom, amongst us, that, that are calling Pantage right. camera. Um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I mean, not to, to, to take, the, take the mick or anything, but he's an excellent acquisition for, for Charlton. You know, you look at the 21-22 season when he was at Argyle, he was running that midfield on a weekly basis. Um, earned him a move to, to Ipswich, who were the big um, front runners for promotion. That, you know, this time last year, I don't think it really worked out for him at Ipswich. I think he picked up some injuries, and then they already had the likes of Morsey and Evans hit the ground running, and it was it was a difficult side to get into the way they they played. And um, you know, with their promotion, it, it made sense for for Camara to to move back into League One and. Charlton, obviously, I think he was at Crawley before he went to, to Plymouth. So Crawley's not too many miles away from um, Ch- Charlton, either lo- locationally. So it, it sort of made sense, but a great acquisition for Dean Holden. And um, whoever was going to get their hands on him this summer was going to be um, one lucky boy. And unfortunately, Dean Holden is that man holding a fish in front of all the uh, the hungry the hungry birds. Charlton are building a bit of a team, aren't they, Ben? They are, and... I think what they've done very well is they've they've gone out and strengthened in, in key areas and got rid of players that maybe weren't quite right for them as well. Obviously, one of those being Sam Lavelle, who was, he is a fantastic League One player. And he's obviously gone to Carlisle, had good experience with Morecambe and obviously had a loan spell at Burton, but was rot due to injury. But to bring Alfie May in as well, it, it, it's a superb signing, you know, and... Um, yeah, what what was it? He, 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 I think he he's been he's he's pretty much at point eight five goals or assists per game. Uh, sorry, point five eight goals assists per game in League One over the last uh, couple of seasons, which is phenomenal. And Cheltenham's losses, Charlton's gain, um, and also you add into the fact that they've got Miles Leeburn as well, who who was fantastic at the back end of last year. He only started eighteen games last year, and he scored twelve goals. So that that shows you everything you need to know. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how they do. There was there's pressure on Charlton now, isn't there? Where there wasn't maybe twelve months ago. I think Charlton's team reflected a top ten, top twelve team, and that's where they finished, uh, just above Lincoln on goal difference, um, inside that top ten. But next year it's playoffs for them, uh, and anything else is a failure. Bit of a weird moment on Derby County Twitter this week as well, Wardy. Concerns around Paul Warren's future stemmed from somewhere only for the club to sort of post a load of content captioned gaffer the next day. I know we wanted to steer clear of predictions, but it is no secret that Derby County, your title favourite, she made an excellent video about it, which came out a few days ago by the time our listeners and lucky viewers who have spent the cash will be hearing and watching this. So definitely want to check out. what Watching it reminded me of when you made the case, just how integral p- a part Derby's promotion push, the man Paul Warren is. You, you, very easy to say the manager's the most important cog, but it's imperative to Derby's pending success this year, isn't it? I'm in a manager with three promotions in five seasons at Rotherham out of League One's pretty impressive, isn't it? I mean, you would talk about proven managers, sometimes that sort of gets thrown around. He's a good League One manager, and it's sort of somebody does get them promoted three times out of five is a good League One manager, especially when you look at expectation and you look at a t- club that needs to get out of League One, really. you know, it, Last season was one where the adjustment's difficult. I spoke about it in the video, adjusting to League One. People don't like hearing it. People sort of turn their nose up. It's adjustment to League One and they go, third division of English football. You don't need to adjust to it. With Derby County, we're fine. And, and I remember... And again, this is nothing against Derby because Wednesday did it, Ipswich did it, Sunderland did it, all these clubs, Pompey, still do it. It's this level of, we're elite, you know, we shouldn't be in League One, we should be getting out of League One. And until you 
I think it is until the fans, until the manager and until the players and the entire triangle realise exactly what the expectation is and the best plan for that football club to be successful, that's when you start pulling in the same direction and seeing results. And I think last season, Derby sort of had that difficult end to the season when it comes to, I mean, it was heartbreak, wasn't it? It was skin of their teeth, they miss out. And that was a real, real learning curve, I think, for them. If they learn the lessons, they've got a fantastic manager. I think they've recruited really, really well. Still more work to be done. They definitely do need another striker because Magolchik is a big loss. But I, I think if you look at their age profile of the players they came in, if you look at the, the age profile, like 27 to like 30, the majority of their players. I mean, like Nelson's 30, Elder's, what, 29, I think, might be even 27. Kane Wilson the, is their youngest player they recruited. He's 23. So you, you're bringing in age you know, players with the age may be slightly closer to 30, but they're in the prime years of their of their time and they're going to bring in experience that ultimately needs to be really important in a poor Warren team. I mean, if you look at the average age of Rotherham when they got promoted, they've always had sort of upwards of 25. And you can do it with younger players, but I think that poor Warren, well-structured, rigid type of team he wants to build requires players that, again, have been there and done it. And I think that's exactly what Derby have recruited, really. Yeah, he, he wants players that know what they're doing in terms of getting up out of League One, doesn't he? We'll get on to our main topic of conversation, which is taking each of our respective clubs' transfer windows and having a bit of a chat about the successes of perhaps less graphic. successful parts of the, again, for the benefit of our friends on Patreon, who are very kindly to say. Uh, hopefully some people might have gone over by now and tried the Patreon thing. Um, but we'll we didn't actually say how much it is, by the way. We didn't actually have a... Oh, it's well, £25 pound a week. No, it's... Um, <laughs> it's. I think it's... I think we said... Do we say, I don't know if we actually, we actually haven't had a conversation about this. This is how organised we are. Yeah. We didn't really mention how much. I think we should go for the same weekly wage as Cameron Brannigan at Oxford. 12 grand. Thoughts? Yeah. Is, is that yeah, how much so, he's on? I think, uh, I, think, I think it's 10 to 12, yeah, something like that. Jesus Christ. We probably Shit. won't do that. That might restrict no, our market. That's, that's probably not the plan. I, I'm slowly starting to feel like they deserve a bit of visual stimulus, some of these people. We're going to have to work out some way of doing it. Anyway, alphabetical order dictates that we go with Napa's beloved Cod Army first and have a bit of a chat about the successes and perhaps less successful parts of the business so far. I hope I haven't missed any here underneath you, Ben. 26-year-old Ryan Broom arrives on a free transfer having left Cheltenham. Veteran midfielder Danny Mayer on the same terms from promoted Plymouth Argyle. You paid a fee for Ryan Graydon from Derry City and then a loan for Adam Montgomery, young left back from Celtic. Talk yeah. us through your business so far, not forgetting obviously the departures of Alex Cairns, Danny Andrew and, and Dan Batty amongst others. You have to do that. Like, I've only just got over Cairns leaving, right? There's no need for that. Like, <laughs> I used to actually like, I didn't like the end one. The, next, the guy next to me, you know, Give or taken, but you used to like you. <laughs> right, anyway. Well, I've touched a nerve. Sorry, chaps. So, anyway, so you look at Fleetwood squad last year, 12 months ago. Fleetwood, Fleetwood had a decent team. Uh, we finished just above the drop on 40 points. We had a decent team. We had 17 injured players of a squad of 23 players. And that is what you've got to kind of. See, uh, Fleetwood needed a huge rebrand of getting rid of players and bringing in players to match the youth because our, our average squad age that year was about 22, 23. And we did that last year. Now, you look at Fleetwood's core of the team. Jay Lynch in goal signed a new deal. Sean Rooney at right back will play a lot of the minutes. We needed a new left back. We brought Adam Montgomery in, who played for St. Johnson and did very well. Rooney did that the previous season. 
and did very well for Fleetwood. Now he can slip over onto the left-hand side. You look at already the, the back line as well. You've got Brendan Wiridoo and Josh Earl. I still think we're one short there. Then you look in midfield. You've got Josh Vela. Um, you've got uh, Scott Robertson who came in um, towards January time. He was fantastic when he played. You're adding Ryan Broom and Danny Mayer to that, who will go into the team. Um, where, where they play, it'd be interesting because Ryan Broom's actually been acting as a right-back. Um, last year, I think Sean Rooney acted as a right-back sometimes as well. Um, but then you've also got you know Ryan Graydon, who looks exciting. Fleetwood have got a lot of wingers, um, especially from uh, the League of Ireland. You know, you promise on the cherries, uh, your Phoenix Pattersons, who was... Um, on stats, I was speaking to the analysts at Fleetwood. Uh, per crosses per 90, accurate crosses, was the best winger in League One, apparently, um, on those statistics from uh, January onwards, which is very interesting. Um, and then in January as well, Fleetwood did the business. And this is what Bolton did, um, you know, 18 months ago uh, when they brought you know, Trafford in and they brought Bud Bolton in. Um, they brought Dan Alundu in this uh, this January as well. Uh, we brought Stockley and um, Jack Marriott in. Uh, also, the, there's no there's no surprises that are or kind of surprise what I'm about to say about our own. He obviously did get jailed for 13 years. Uh, I'm not going to comment too much on that. I think that's why it was done in January. For before we get before we get. We, we, we do need another striker. James Wilson was on trial, but he's now gone on trial back at Port Vale, which I think shows he wasn't quite up to the fitness levels. Um, so we've signed four players, but they're all going to go into the team. And we've kept the core of the team. And it's like, um, Jake, at the end, they've only signed five players, but you're looking through who they've signed. They're all probably going to go into the first team. And that's what you want. I do think Fleet with a three or four short, but it's been a very, very good window. And, Exciting, exciting. I'm excited now, and uh, we're, we're a lot further on than we were 12 months ago. And I think we're a lot more settled than maybe Oxford or Portsmouth, maybe. It's a fair comment, yeah. If if you were to give it a rating out of 10, mate, what, what would we be looking at so far? Um, I, I, if I'm honest with you, mate, seven out of 10, because I think Danny May was something we needed. We needed goals from midfield. We were... So we honestly we did not create enough from midfield last year, and it was when you've got a midfield of literally Scott Robertson, you know, you know Josh Vela and Lewis Warrington. They're all good players. They're all the same player. The, it's literally like in terms of if you're going towards the Premier League, it's literally like having a, a midfield three of Jordan Henderson, Hoiberg, and McTominay. He's not you know, there anymore, is he, Jordan yeah. Henderson? Oh, he's chucked no, he, off to Saudi Arabia, no. isn't he? Oh, exactly. My, this this guy's meant to have morals, by the way, but, you know. Um, but they're all good players, but we didn't have enough creativity. Ryan Broom, um, obviously, it was kind of... This this deal was meant to be done, you know, four weeks ago, and it, it kind of got swept under the carpet. Um, and, no, uh, Broom, Broom. Yeah. Where's from there? <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think anyone else got it because you they all looked really for. weird at it. You get what you pay for. Um, but everyone's delighted they've paid for the Patreon yeah. now after that. And obviously, Ryan Graydon is a good sign. I think to make it an 8 or a 9 out of 10, a new centre-half, we need another striker. That's minimum for me. And I think another midfielder just for a bit of squad. So if we can bring three more, but also there's four loan signings as well. And it's what you'll see as well. Championship clubs, some of their 
players, their bench players. Um, obviously, you know, Jack's Oxford has just brought obviously Mark Harrison, he was a bench player for Cardiff. Players like of that ilk, they will probably be available for a loan spell if they're not getting into the team in the first four to five games. We saw on January deadline day last year, didn't we, of how vital it was getting those deals over the line at the last minute. So I'd say seven. Got got three more in of decent quality, and I reckon we're, we're, we're up to about an eight or a nine. Uh, a bit like me on the looks. Hold on, Ben. Wait there. I've got a book for you, mate. And the, and the Patreon viewers will, will very much want to see this. Hey. I will send this to you in the post next week. That for a cover as well. Lovely. Um, Jakey, you're actually up next, mate. We, uh, we're up next with your beloved imps. If I was a fellow imp, I'd probably be most pleased about the fact that most of your signings are your players and you are no longer a team that is over-reliant on loans like you have been, or is that a bit of an unfair comment? Um, I, no, I think it's a fair comment. You look at the amount of loanies we had last year, we had seven, um, and you're only allowed five in the matchday squad, so two of them had to miss out every week, and... It really stunted the growth of someone like Tasha Oakley Booth, who um, had a, had a great first couple of weeks of the season and, and then disappeared out of the team because we signed too many low knees. So, no, I, I take your point on board. I think obviously every club in this league will have to dip into the loan market at some point throughout the course of the season, uh, and it would be naive of me to think that we wouldn't. But I do, you know, I agree with you. I do like the fact that all of the players we brought in, all five of them are contracted to Lincoln and would command a fee if, if they have a good 12 months or so and uh, and clubs were interested. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think they've all been really well thought out. I mean, you start from the back, you've got Lucas Jensen, who was at Accrington, who, who was the son of Martin Jensen, I think, who was the, the, the Burnley goalkeeper when they were in the Premier League um, a couple of, 10 years ago, maybe. Um he had a, a decent loan spell at Accrington. You know, you maybe you look at a goalkeeper that was at Accrington last year and go with a shit nearly 80, 80, 90 goals. You're thinking you're a little bit worried about the output from the goalkeeper, but he played 30 games and kept 10 clean sheets, which for, for a young goalkeeper is pretty good. He's only 24, so he's not in his prime as of yet. Um, then you move to Jaden Brown, who played a massive part in, in Sheffield Wednesday's promotion towards the back end of the year. He... Um, had a run in the team. I think he scored a goal away at Peterborough um, in the, the normal league season, and then set up the the, the goal that took it to, to penalties at, at Hillsborough on that really famous night as well. He's looked really good in pre-season. Scored a goal. Um, Ali Smith as well. I, th- I think this might be the most important out of a lot of them. Um, signed on a free from from Sutton United, a, a, a box-to-box midfielder who covers a lot of ground and can shoot from range. And I think that the thing that we struggled with last year is we struggled to adapt the favourites tag. We were very good at, at being the underdog and, and that's, you saw the results away at Plymouth and away at Ford. Wardy was about to walk off then. I was rocking. <laughs> yeah. This is boring. Off I go. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, you saw the, the results at, at Portman Road and at Oakwell and at, at, at Home Park as well that, that we were able to pick up because we were good on the counter-attack. I think when we played teams, and I'm really sorry to say this, Ben, like a Fleetwood, like an Exeter, like a Cheltenham at home, where they're sitting back and I've got 10 men behind the ball, which we might get a bit more of this year. Ali Smith can hit them in the top corner from 30 yards. So I think it's a, a really good way of, of, of having that, of solving that problem. And then you've got your mate, Reed to the Reed to the Wine, with a Krause Rico hack. Um, we were the Wine. It's a banger. It's a banger. Cornell 
really should be signed up by a, a music. Maybe we'll get Cornell on one week. That would be fascinating. Um, Just no, sings the entire episode. <laughs> he, he, he wouldn't want to see this graphic, would he? That is setting right off. Do you <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know all about Rigo Hackett, Tom. I think um, he's looked really good in preseason. I think he's got a home on that right hand side of the front three. I think he's going to enjoy it playing out there. And then you've got Tyler Walker, who needs no introduction for Lincoln City fans, who scored 16 goals um, before Christmas, before he left and uh, was recorded on, on deadline day. So a really good start to the window. Obviously, the, the, there's been links with a couple of more players. Tommy Lee is one that we've reportedly had a bid turned down for. Um, Jack Moylan from Shelbourne as well as another player that we're rumoredly going after, a 21-year-old attacking midfielder from, from Ireland. So... Yeah, I really like the window so far. Yes, we've got gaping holes in the squad. We need midfielders, which is why we're after those two. And we might have lost a certain centre-back to a team that play on the South Coast, but he's not any good anyway, so I'm not worried about that too much. But um, I, I think we need maybe two or three more, plus a, a couple of loanies, just to, to pan out that squad and so that we're able to compete. And um, the thing that, that gets you into the top, the top, the top echelons of this league is squad depth and I think we need a little bit more of that, you know, and I think we'll see that over the next couple of weeks as well. No word of a lie, I had written down, without willing to take the mick, there is a bit of a hole in the team left by a certain Mr. Regan Paul, but we'll uh, we'll leave that one because you've mentioned it. Out of 10? Uh, at the minute, I'd say eight. Um, I think a, a creative midfielder, another centre-back, uh, maybe another wing-back, and that, I think we'll be sorted. Wardy, big window for you so far too, mate. You've been loving the business. I know, <clears throat> excuse me, you um, you love the manager. Not a lot to, to not be happy about right now at Oxford United. Yeah, sort of quietly optimistic and encouraged by it. But it's a window that we needed. I think if you look at the additions that we've, that we've brought in, we needed every single one of them. I, I remember an interview that Liam Manning did at the end of the season and he was, he was asked about sort of strengthening in certain positions. And he was like, the question I think was along the lines of, are you happy with some positions and he basically said no we need to strengthen in every single position and I think we sort of sat there and we were like although he's correct is that possible and I think he's proven you know Mark Harris is a striker John Thorne is centre half McEachran's a midfielder Ruben Rodriguez is an attacking midfielder Beadle's a goalkeeper and Finn Stevens is a right back so other than a left back which I think is definitely still on the list another striker because I do think we need one of those and a wide player those are the three positions we're sort of looking to to finish off the window with that would literally be a player in every single position so that's exactly what we needed we needed a complete rebuild we sort of were scarred by the end of the Robinson era which did need to be moved out and you look at additions of, of players they are really exciting but the different coaches that we sort of brought in we brought in a brand new coach and analyst we brought in a brand new goalkeeping coach we've got our this is the first window of the new head of recruitment so we, we've had a complete refresh we, had a, we sort of really hit the restart button and I think you can see the type of players that we're bringing in they're really different to what we've normally brought in people like Ruben Rodriguez wouldn't normally come and talk wouldn't be coming to Oxford United normally and, and somehow we've managed to pull that off People like James Beadle, again, a goalkeeper on loan for Brighton. I don't think we've ever had, we very rarely go for a lone goalkeeper. We've had Simon Eastwood and Jack Stevens for a long time. We've sort of now going into the more modern League One route of going for a young upcoming goalkeeper that needs first team football and hopefully we can provide him that. Jordan Thorney, somebody who was Blackpool fans, a lot of them were saying, can we keep hold of Jordan Thorney? He was good in the championship in a struggling Blackpool side and we've managed to get him off Blackpool, who are now a League One club, Mark Harris. Was was in there was interest around other League One clubs because he's now looking for regular minutes after sort of being a super sub for Cardiff over the last couple of years. There, 
I could go on. So you look at these different options that we've got. That it's a different strategy. It's a different recruitment method that we're going down. And like I say, it's it's quietly quite encouraging. But it's the refresh that we needed, and it's exciting because last season was just terrible. It was horrible. I hated every second of it, and we just needed to sort of forget that and now just learn the lessons. But that it's that the balance, isn't it, between learning the lessons of last season, but also totally forgetting it and pretending it didn't happen. Which one of the two would you do more of? As a fan, totally forget it. But I hope the players that do have stayed do remember that. And I think you you almost do see it. Players like Brannigan, who hopefully we can keep, continue to keep hold of. I think it looks like he, he will be staying. It's the only summer, touch wood, that we haven't had a, a ridiculous offer from a championship club um, come in. Jack, I don't know what you just touched there, mate, when I was asking <laughs> touch wood, but I don't. I, I hope it's your desk. That's all I'll say. Um I, yeah, I, I hope that I hope the players do learn the lessons. But um, as a fan, let's just completely sort of just go again and uh, forget last season happened because it was painful from start to finish. Manning came out and said you're very close on one for this weekend. So what I'm about to say might be completely kind of outdated by now. Then he's expecting another two following that with the view, of course, that one of those is a number nine that you're crying out for. I think you're probably hoping. Yeah, I think Isaac Davis is the one that, that a lot of people are sort of speaking about at the moment. He's at Cardiff as well. This would be a, a loan deal. We we expect that to, to happen. I think, well, I say expect it to happen. I think he's the one that most people are speaking about now. I, there are other competitions. I think Charlton are looking at him as well. Pompey were looked at, looking at him really briefly. Apparently, they, they weren't even looking at him. So so maybe that was a, a complete um, nothing story. You went and got um, Kamara. So maybe that was... I don't know. That looks like the attacking option you've gone with instead of Isaac Davis, or maybe he was never on the list. But I think that one is the one that, that we're really looking at. We're looking at a left back. I know Jake will tell us more about it, but I, I know Teo Eden's also on our radar alongside Charlton um, as, as a, maybe as, as a left back option. Uh, he's smiling. I don't know whether that's a, a smile of jealousy. Sort of, he's rubbish. I don't know why you're bothering. Or no, no, no. Wardy's great. Um, Teo, I, I, I think Teo. He's a midfielder by trade. It's interesting to see that Michael Appleton was the first one to shift him out to left back. And I'm sure as an Oxford fan, you won't be too, you might be familiar with Michael Appleton trying players out of the, the standard positions. Yeah. And Teo moved and slotted into left back during that season. We got to a playoff final, which we did, by the way, in case anyone forgot. Um, did you? We did, mate. We lost it, but we got there. That's all that matters. Um, but, so did but, we. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, but no one remembers yours, do they? We have... No, that, well, that might be that's, that's <laughs> a good thing, though. I think actually, uh, um, but but no, I think Taylor Eden would be a really good uh, a really good fit for, for Oxford at the left back. He's really comfortable in possession, which you need on a Liam Man inside. Um, he's very good going forward. I, I seem to remember playing Fleetwood pretty early on in the season. I think he caused Fleetwood one or two problems with a certain Mister Scully who showed up at PO four, which. Oh, he's learned his PO4. Check you yeah. out. Look, yeah, I'm doing postcodes, mate. I've been. He's only learned the postcode, everyone. Yeah. I've got no idea. No I clear <laughs> idea. What Ox? I would guess it's OX something, and Fleetwood would be Blackpool postcode, maybe Ben. No, that's a shake of the head. I don't care. Yeah, for um, the benefit of people who are, haven't paid, that was a shake of the head. No, I, I think, look, again, I, I, I put the Terry so, story out there just because I think that is Charlton and Oxford have, have been linked to him. We There could be nothing in it, but from what we've heard, we're looking at a left back, we're looking at a striker and another wide player. But he says two or three, so I presume, to be fair, Oxford have been pretty good at sort of keeping things quite quiet. And then when things have come out, it's been a couple of days until it's been announced. But we'll have to wait and see. I, I, I agree with you. I think we are two or three players short. 
What happened to that Millwall lad that we seem to both be in for? Remember him? Uh, Tyler Bur- Burry. Bur- Bur- Burry was it Burry? I don't know. Um, yeah, no, he's a he's at Millwall. He's a, I think he's actually training with the under twenty ones at the moment, um, because oh, right. he sort of had a, a a bit of a fallout with the Millwall manager. Or I think basically the the, the situation was they wanted to sell him or they wanted to let him leave to go to another football club. I think League One was the, the club that they were sort of looking at and uh, he doesn't want to go to League One. <laughs> he wants to stay in the Championship and uh, and wants to maybe play at a higher level or maybe a financial decision. It looks as though, from what we heard, that he didn't want to play League One football. But now he's training with the under 21 so it's not really worked out for him, has it? Is it um is it time to do a little bit of Pompey chat about the transfer? Yeah, well, sh- shall we answer, ask you the questions? I think it would be quite weird if you sort of asked the questions <laughs> and then answered them. So, well, I, 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 business, I think it's been really good. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've jotted down a few bits and pieces. I, I obviously won't talk at length about the, the players listed underneath me. Yeah, because it's, um, it's so... If you look at the graphic, it's yeah. horrendous. It's like... I think it I've goes written... on for about half an hour, yeah. um, I think, if you read down. I wrote less in my A-levels. There we go. <laughs> That's not um, is, I, I don't want to repeat myself either I because I know not, <laughs> we've I've spoken quite a lot about um the, the list of names to all three of you. One I haven't spoken about, which was Pompey's 11th signing of the window and first on a loan deal was Abu Kamara from Norwich City. 31 goals and seven assists in 48 Premier League two games. Two words that have followed him round since he joined are the words raw and talent. And I think he's just about got all the conventions of Causing the problem division, uh, problem divisions, causing the division problems this year. Oh, sorry, is, is, so, is that a first loan? For is that a first? Who are you, are you talking about, um, Kamara? There, yeah, is that a first loan? He hasn't been on loan before, has he? I don't believe he has. No, I think he's he's had PL2 and then a couple of brief cameos in the championship last season, but they're okay. kind of coming on for 10 15 minutes. Um, yeah, and I, I don't think he looks... I was about to say, he doesn't look like a player that's ready for championship football yet at this stage. And he's he's definitely got a lot of pace about him and he could be a nuisance. But we have got a bit of a recent history of young loans from divisions above us that adjust to men's football absolutely terribly. You only got to look at Dane Scarlett as a prime example. And, you know, I'd, I'd be interested to see how well this guy does um, kind of convert himself into the League One way. It, it was a concern that many had with Zach Swanson when he first joined and he... Turned out to be an absolute star. So I'm, I'm, you know, there's there's peaks and troughs to that one. And um, more broadly, as a window out of the eleven, I'm over the moon with eight of them. I'm less convinced on three or four, and in some cases, that's a lack of personal knowledge of their experience or understanding what they're about. And in Which others, <sighs> this would be great. Yeah, you put that in there, so I'm thinking that no one was going to ask you, didn't you? No, I thought I'd get away with it because I'm asking all the questions this time round. And you no, so you said so you said quietly. that you're happy with happy with eight. But, put it this way, I'll I'll give you the ones I'm very happy with: the Gavin White, Anthony Scully, and Regan Paul. I think they're those three are the top three standouts. I think there's a elsewhere is a nice mix of raw talent, as I mentioned, season pros, boys heading into their prime, a couple of years, a couple that are a few years off that. It's a nice blend, which I hope pays off. Um, as as we push to to where we hope to be at the at the top end, and I I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not sure on on why Christian Sadie wasn't offered a position at the club when he was on trial last season. Whether that's a case of you know Danny Cowley not fancying him at the time, or whether you know Dane Scarlett came in as an option and Danny Cowley right, we're going to take Dane Scarlett rather than Christian Sadie. I I don't know. That that would be one that sticks out to me. Um, Terry Devlin's unproven, but that can really swing one of two ways. 
Um, interesting to see how Yengi gets on. He's an absolute unit, by the way, Yengi. He's massive. He's like built like an absolute shithouse. Like um, exactly. Bit, well, not quite as big as Ben, but he's, uh, yeah. And and then obviously the, the, there have been a few concerns over the goalkeeper as well. And I, you boys probably full of opinions on what you've seen of him and particularly Jason. The goalkeeper for me. For me, I think... Back up. Yeah, exactly. And this is what people need to realise sometimes, that you sign these goalkeepers and Blackpool have just signed Richard O'Donnell and people are going, what a terrible sign. He played for Rochdale, played for Bradford. You know, he's not a good girl. You think you, you, you need lads that have a good personality, that get on with the lads, that, you, you know, that will integrate the younger lads with the older lads and, you know, bring them out of the shell. And, you know, signings like that will help. It, they really, they really, really do, and um, I think I think that's a good list. Going back to, uh, to a quick question, actually, Christian Sayed, obviously he said he was on trial last year. Do you read into that that you know he didn't perform in pre-season because you had didn't you have Gusson had me a few years ago? He was banging them in in pre-season. Mm. I think he scored two on his debut in a pre behind closed doors game, and he scored what was it one in nine, one in ten for you? And then let's be honest, bar at thirty for what for half a season. He never really performed. I yeah. think as a second choice striker, I think that I think I think you, you could do okay there. I think obviously you're going to rely on a lot of your your front three for goals, um, your Scullies, um, your Colby Bishops, uh, Paddy Lane, Gavin White, those types of players. Yeah. Um, I, I if Christian Sadie is happy with getting twenty minutes a game, and then maybe the odd start. I reckon it's a good sign. We paid some money for him, so you know I I, I don't know what the, the the background is on that one. I'm not going to comment about your ownership anymore because he started following me on Twitter, so I better be careful. The eyes well, just following me on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, done, he, yeah. Followed, he, he followed me on Twitter after I put a tweet out saying what I signed about Regan Pool. Yeah, <laughs> I want to do that. I want to do that just me, to get the eyes. Oh, well. me, me and Eric are mates, mate. We've been long. Well, he follows you as well. Yeah, of course he does. That's why you never speak out about the owners, like. Ever. <laughs> oh. So I've been found can out. I just, can I just say, by the way, so this Patreon money that if we do get any, this is basically for Tom to bribe the owners of plot. Please, Mr. Esner, please give me a follow. We all pick lunatic. I've, I don't, always, I, I, I've always, I've, I've, I love this debate about the Eisners because it's really interesting. Do we, we really have, have this... to talk about the Eisners on the first? Episode. <laughs> they're not good. They're not going to be. They're not going to be. We've only just. We're only this. forty minutes in, Jack. We might be no, off the airway. This is this is like a two minute a two minute segment. Is go on. It's not actually directly to do with them. It's directly to do with John Senior and the expectation that sort of thing. Because I've asked you the question on on the video that we did a couple of days ago, and I sort of asked the other two lads as well. Is what is the expectation for Portsmouth when you do bring in eleven players? Because if it was any other football club, I genuinely do think they'd sort of go right. This season, it's about integrating those players and so it, it, eleven players. You've got an entire new starting eleven there. They won't all start, but that's what you've got. You've got to integrate those players in. And um, a comment that Ben said earlier about um, about the situation about being steady and being stable. And it's like you mentioned Oxford and Portsmouth. I mean, Pompey are, are an example of a side that have got to really, really adjust to. You needed three pre-seasons, I think, to integrate these players. You've got a manager that hasn't had one pre-season ever in his managerial career. I think, I, I believe he's, I, I think he's got all the attributes to be a fantastic young manager. But I do worry about the fact that he's got a lot of, and I mean a lot of players to integrate in, on top of players that he's already got there. I mean, how do you balance that level of, right, we've brought you in, 
Sadie's a brilliant example. We've brought you in and, and now you might play, start four games. I don't know. In, Jake, in, I, I'll go with you, Jake. What, what, what is that expectation? Because I don't, a lot of Pompey fans are saying, Rob, we've got to go up. And I don't know how, how everybody well, looks we at have, it. Haven't we? Yeah, I, I think, I think, especially with the calibre of player they've brought in, I think it's going to be a bigger demand on, on them. You look at play, the, the players that they've brought in, the likes of Norris proved it at this level, White's done it, Paul's done it, um, Sparks has done it last year, um, Connor Shawnee's he's been around a, a couple of years, and, and Anthony Scully's definitely done it at this level. So I think when you're bu- buying those sorts of players, you're going to raise the bar anyway. Um, Do you remember when Ipswich but- brought all those players under Paul Cook? I do, and I, I, and and, you and that do. was and that was and that season was, I mean it it was a they brought in so many players and that sort of just didn't work out and that was down to Paul Cook was a, a manager that had had lots of experience and done yeah. well in League One. In, in all fairness, on that though, in this in last year, a lot of those players who perform well, your Morsies, you know those types of players, a lot of them were brought in by Paul Cook. So maybe mm. I think sometimes. I think if Paul's don't get promoted this year, it'll be down to the manager. In my opinion, the squad is good enough to go up. But I think there's other teams with not as good squads, but with better managers. I think I look at Bolton. I look at Blackpool. Um, you know, I, I look at you know Oxford. I think Manning's a terrific manager, uh, given the right tools. And last year, it wasn't about how he plays. Um, Paul's, a, you know, Derby County or another one. Paul's a football club have to be challenging for top two next year. And if they don't, if if and if they get into the playoffs, they need to be steady all season. It's none of this squeaking into the playoffs. And it's like, it's an achievement if you get there. Anything other than top six supporters of football club. Bear in mind that you have 12 players every time you play at Fratton Park. And I believe this season, you're probably one of the only clubs in League One to have that this year. It's a failure. At Fratton Park last year, you weren't good enough. That has got to change. Mm. Three, four years ago, Fratton Park was hell. I hated going because you thought, we're in for it today. You're in for it today. And you want to go on quiet down that threatening. And if you got it to nil-nil after 15 minutes, you kind of thought, we've got him. We've got him. Whereas three or four years ago, you didn't think that. I actually, by the way, I actually totally agree with the point about Pompey going up. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate a little bit because if this was another manager or another football club, you know, we mentioned it, Tom, the other day about sort of five-year plans. And when you do rebuild an entire club, it does take time. And maybe, yeah. again, maybe it's higher up you go when you do bring in those players. Maybe in League One, like Jake said there, when you bring in that calibre of players and those proven League One players, maybe it's just a case of you click your fingers and, and that should be the answer. But again, sometimes football isn't as simple as that. And also, I want to almost, you know, protect John Messina a little bit because I've, I've got that yeah. sort of level of, of care for him. I'll, I'll answer what Ben was saying about Christian Sadie just quickly as well, because I want to clarify that point. He was banging them in in pre-season when he was on trial with us. He scored once at Haven, and I believe I believe he scored twice overall. He scored a really good goal at Haven or, or performed incredibly well at Haven and, and might not have scored. But yeah, I, that, that was my question mark, was kind of why did he come in, do so well, didn't get the kind of the trial extended to be part of the first team setup and then went elsewhere to Shrewsbury and has now come back. Anyway, I completely spot on my nappers in terms of what he's saying about Fratton Park's not been good enough. And I completely agree with what you're saying, Bordy, about John Messino and the pressure. But I don't think he's taken that job thinking there wouldn't be pressure to get promoted pretty soon after he'd been in charge. I and I presume he would have also known you were going to sign a lot of players yeah. in the summer. Yeah, they they would have said, oh, me and Ben's mate Eric would have said to him, look, you know, you've you've got this summer we're going to absolutely, you know, let's, let's, let, let's kind of get towards the summer 
And then, you know what, you and Sporting Director Richard Hughes, who I know you guys probably don't know an awful lot about or might know bits and pieces about, but he's, it's without being disrespectful to either Messino or Hughes, it's kind of an organ grinder and a monkey situation in alternate ways between the two of them in terms of transfers. Um, but yeah, my, my underlining thing is, yes, there's the ple- pressure of playing at Fratton Park. Have those names that we're looking at all got it in them to play when it slightly turns on you? And I've said this before, I don't mind saying this because I believe pretty much 99% of Pompey fans would agree with me. Fratton Park's one of the best places to play a football when it's going well and one of the worst places to play a football when it's not going quite so well. There isn't really an in-between. Yeah, there there isn't really an in-between. I don't know what it is. I think the the passionate fan base helps, but I think you're so close to the pitch there as well. Um, Old school ground still packed in like they used to be back in the day. Jack's just going to grab some Haribos if anyone's not watching the video <laughs> podcast. Um, but yeah, no, I, I completely agree with Nappers. I see where you're coming from with the, with the Messino argument as well. I think minimum expectation should be sixth place and above, and the aim should be top two for Pompey this year, is my answer to that. Anyway, oh, I'm in charge, aren't I? Right, let's, yeah, uh, yeah, let's that is, move It's your on. show, Tom, sorry about that. <laughs> it's, my, it's my turn. Jake, which manager goes first, mate? Let me just click. Oh, no, that's a different show. Sorry. Ah! <laughs> Let's go back oh, there. That is a cheap plug. That <laughs> is so cheap. I didn't mean to do that. That, is, that is low, isn't it? I'm I mean, how desperate we... are you for views? <laughs> I, I don't think we should participate now. Tom, you tell us which manager you think is going to go first. I don't think... I actually yeah. genuinely really don't know. He didn't, he didn't really tell us this, did you? I mean, he told us about two o'clock this afternoon. Um, well, I, I, oh, sorry, I've go on. You idea. were actually going to answer it. I've got an idea, yeah. I, I genuinely have an idea. I think it might be um, Matty Taylor at Shrewsbury. I would um, agree. Purely yeah. because Shrewsbury are going for a big change off the, off the pitch. Obviously, they've, they've nabbed Mickey Moore off, off Cheltenham as a new sporting director. Um, and they said student recruitment. That was my bloody day job. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I've lost track. Uh, football director, essentially, uh, sport director. Um, and I don't think Matty Taylor has, has got the experience required. But then again, I could be, I'm being a bit, um, what's the word, contradictory really, because Mark Kennedy didn't have any really league one experience when he came in and he did a really good job in his first full season. So, But Matty Taylor seeks me as, a, as somebody who maybe won't enamour himself to the, the Shrewsbury fans the way that perhaps they would have had under Cottrell. And obviously Cottrell is a really hard act to follow. So I think Shrewsbury will, will, will end up struggling this year. I think Matty Taylor might be the first one that, that loses his job. But um, I think he's only had manager experience at Warsaw. I remember he was at Warsaw, didn't do turn up any trees there. And just it, the recruitment just thinks to me, it absolutely reeks at Shrewsbury of some sort of bin or something like that. So... I'm not a fan of it, and, and I think he might be the one that, that, that gets his P45 in the post pretty I, sharpish. You know, when Jack was coming to Messino's aid as a manager because he liked him as a player, I, I will come to Matty Taylor's aid on, on this one because he scored some absolute crackers at Fratton Park back in the day. Um, I will send you boys all the link and I'll chat later on. I think there's maybe a goal against Blackburn that you may or may not have seen in the Premier League days, but you must see that because it's one of the most underrated goals I've seen. Have you played in the Premier League, Tom? Once or twice, yeah, oh, we I, had. I um, have no idea that Portsmouth from the Premier League. When when I was growing, when I was a young whippersnapper, we uh, we had some Premier League glory days. Jack, who's going first, mate? I don't know. It's difficult. 
It's so difficult to start the season because you really, it's going to be whoever, breaking news is going to be whoever starts badly, isn't it, really? And I don't really know that's going to be. May, I, I hate to say it, Tom, and you'll all laugh, and Tom oh, in particular, God. because he knows the... Ex- no, he knows don't start. No, no, it's it's Mark Bonner. Oh, right. I thought we were going to go with John Massino then. I was on my word. No, but I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you one thing, John Massino, if, if, if it doesn't, if you do, if you're not in the top six or not in the top ten by Christmas... Yeah. Like it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if they just go right. Let's just bring in an experienced manager who's really good with proven players. He might. They might just do that. I don't. I'm. I hope not for your sake, and I hope hope for Messina that doesn't happen. But it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, nobody really thought Danny Cowley was going to get sat there this time last season, and by whatever time it was, he was sat. I mean, that it literally proves that expectation is certainly the, the driving force in in a managerial's sort of future. Um, I, I, again, I don't like saying Mark Bonner, but the reason why I don't also I go against that is because they could easily have sacked him last season and they were so loyal to Mark Bonner. They kept hold of him and in the end that proved massive and they stayed up. So they might just yeah. sort of go through and through. It's going to be Mark Bonner until maybe they, they it just doesn't end very well and they get relegated. I'm not sure. This, maybe this is- Wade Elliott at Cheltenham. But other than that, I'm a little bit, a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'd say between um, Matty Taylor... Wade Elliott and, and Mark Bonner. And then basically a top six club expectation-wise it isn't in the top six by Christmas will probably be gone as well. Enough, as I was about to say, I was watching a really good League One roundup show on Thursday night and the, the host actually mentioned Wade Elliott as potentially one that, that might be going first. And that's pretty much where I've nabbed this question from because I know you and Jake were talking about it. Is Wade Elliott your, kind of your number one to get? And I know this is kind of getting into who's our relegation favourites. And I've kind of awkwardly asked you each question where you're kind of giving away who you think is not going to be particularly brilliant. But Wade Elliott, you've got your concerns, Ben. I, for me, I think he was a scapegoat last year. I, th- I think he did a good job, personally. When you, when you've got to remember, he lost two of the star three players in his team in Callum Wright and Boyle at the back. Uh, you lose your best centre-half, you lose your manager as well, uh, and you lose... So you see, so you've lost the centre, centre of your, your defence, your centre of your midfield, and the centre of the old team. And um, I think they're only two or three points off what they got the previous season. I remember at Burton, you was getting absolute pelters after a one nil defeat in January, February time. And fan power does have that. Uh, one, obviously, Matty Taylor is one that was on my mind. Uh, a little stat that actually I was going through them the other day. Since Shrewsbury have entered League One, and they've had some poor seasons where they started off the season poor under Sam Ricketts. Bar the Cattell season where they were on for 55 points on points per game, Shrewsbury have always got 50 points or more in the League One season. And you, you kind of, one season, I think they got 89 points and missed out on the top two. But they're always consistent around that 50-point mark. So if they're not there, I could see him. But one I'd like to mention, I know we only came in towards the end of last season, is Andy Crosby. Now, the start they've got is very, very tough. Barnsley away, Reading at home, Blackpool uh, away, Charlton away, then you've got Carlisle at home who came up um, last season as well and probably a horrible time to play him in the first five games. And then they've got um, the, the, the trip to Oxford. So that is a very, very tough five, six games. Um, and if you don't get anything, all of a sudden then you're scraping for, for some results. And then they have got some more winnable games. Uh, Burton at home, Northampton at home, Cambridge away. Um, then you kind of look at that fixtures and you're thinking... Before those first five, six games, where's the first win going to come from? So, I think Crosby's on my on my list. I think Wade Elliott will will be down there. I, I think Bonner will be okay, if I'm honest with you. Um, for now, um, I, I said earlier in, in 
in the League One early predictions. Uh, I got a lot of stick for, but I'd like to narrow the phrase I used early. Um, I said 12 managers or more will, will leave the roles. And even someone like a Ruben Sellers at Reading, if their carnage keeps Scammer. going... Is, Sorry. He's a, he's a scammer. Oh, uh, right, yeah. But if, if their struggles... <laughs> bothered. Is, <laughs> I, I, I can't know. wait to see him. You, you never know. He, he, he might just leave the football club or something may happen. And, you know, someone may appear from nowhere. But um, I can kind of see a lot of managers staying. And um, it's going to be interesting, to say the least. What about Bloomfield at Wickham? What are we saying on, on that situation? Because, again, I mean, he had he had a terrible... When he since he joined, I thought Wickham were terrible. He did. But he, I think for me, me and Jake said it a lot on last season's um, streams. He was playing football with players that aren't used to playing football and he needed that adapt. I think a little bit like Liam Manning in a way, to be fair. Liam Manning approached his team at, hang on a minute, we need to win games of football here, otherwise we're going down to League Two and the approach I've been brought in is to keep us up and push on for top six to get us into the championship and going down a a league will put you about two, three years potentially. Um, I think some of the signings they have made, I think Luke Lee from centre midfield, scored 21 goals in 101 games for for Shrewsbury. Um, So players like that who are good on the ball, um, I think will help Matt Bloomford. I think think they'll be all right. And the owners there are pretty loyal. There was a uh, a suggestion from Ward, uh, not Ward, from Jakey in the group chat to have a little look at the League One bookies. Uh, So just a reminder that League One odds are a reflection of how much money has been put on what and nothing else. They give us a good indication, perhaps, of the mood when it comes to the favourites, but there's no exact science to this. So bear that in mind. Um, I don't know if there's a way I could actually... Sorry, this is a StreamYard-related problem, so I'm going to let someone speak about it, and I'll try and get so we can see each other while we're talking, because I appreciate people are losing out on their money's worth here, aren't they? Um, Jakey, you wanted to do this, mate, so talk us through it. Derby favourites, Bolton, Pompey, Barnsley, Peterborough and Blackpool all up there. Reading with a shout as well. What what, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I, 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 and that's the reason I wanted to really to take a look at this, because it's really important to see where people are putting their money on. And um, you'd expect the teams that are up there, the likes of Derby and, and Pompey, who have been really active in the market and have the the name and the, and the calibre of player as well to be up there. But it's also really interesting to see who people are thinking might well be the next one to step into the bracket uh, that are going to compete. So uh, I think I, I saw that the Exeter and Leighton Orient and, and Bristol Rovers as well were, were fairly decent shots to, uh, of getting promotion. Um, but again, I just think it's really interesting to see where people are putting their money and, and, and what people think are, are going to get promoted. I think obviously, like I mentioned, your teams, the bigger teams are going to be the ones that are fancied more. But there's often more value when maybe putting a put on a team like an Oxford or a Lincoln or I would say Fleetwood. But I'm not too sure whether they're going to be up to the scratch this year as they were last year. But um, it's better value for money. And I just think it's really interesting to see who people are, are putting to go. Now, obviously, we don't want to give away our our bottom fours and top sixes and, and all that. But it's interesting to see what other people are thinking. You all you talk, you, aren't you, Jake? You all talk. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying anything about Fleetwood or Lincoln this year. I've, I, you learned I, your lesson, mate. That's I'll, be you, I'll be honest with you. In my predictions, there's a, there's a lot of what stuff that I've come out with recently that I might not exactly think, but Jake, Jake likes to say everything that he thinks in... He wants 
and desires that Lincoln are going to get into the top six. Um, but for me, take it each game by game. And I, 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 going away to Ireland has given me a new lease of life for this season because I was thinking we're going to struggle here. But I was going to say just going to Ireland gave you a new lease of life because generally. I, have the tactical chat with Scott Brown and me given what he should do. Now he'll do that. 100 points, 100 goals. Was it a little bit better than the right come over here picture and then off you go from last <laughs> meeting, Ben, with him? Or was, was it yeah, a bit it, more it, of a... It was. I, I had a drink with him. I t- I, I'll tell you a quick story, actually. Did so, he pay? No, anyway, so about our, our fate. Uh, no, of course he didn't. He goes, he goes obviously, that you, you, you read stuff that fans put online and I'm like, Oh, 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 do you now? And uh, anyway, he goes, anyway, I better get back off to work now. And goes upstairs into the hotel. And across the road from the Tower Hotel where the players were staying, um, there's a there's a bar. So I went in there, got a pint. Five minutes later, Scott Brown walks up to the bar. I'm like, work, eh? Work? You have to work? I'm like, I tell you what, I wish this could be my job. Oh. So Scott Brown's basically saying he's going to do some analyst work. And he's gone to the boozer. Ben, 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 don't you work in a pub? Yeah, yeah it's serving, not drinking. <laughs> yes, he he's also, he's also not manager there. of Fleetwood. I think that's also important to say as well. He also doesn't manage Fleetwood. <laughs> I think he might do one day, though. It wouldn't surprise me if one day Ben is given the, the Fleetwood manager's job. What do, what do you think of those, mate? What are your, your initial thoughts? We, uh, as Jake said, we don't want to really guide anyone on kind of giving away predictions because I know that's long awaited. But what are you thinking? I think they're sort of what we all expect, really. I think it, they are just the classic. The, 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 I mean, to be fair, like if we're, putting, if we're being totally honest, they are just the, the biggest teams in league one at the top, aren't they, really? I mean, look at Derby, Portsmouth. Uh, most of them are the, the, the big dogs. And then you sort of look at maybe teams that have done some good business. We spoke about it in... in a little bit of detail the other day about sort of brackets and mini league tables. I think you've got like Derby, Portsmouth, Barnsley are sort of a weird one with their sort of off the field issues, but I think we're, they're probably still in that bracket. And then you've got like your Lincoln, your Oxfords. They're almost like, Tom, what did we say? It was the promotion challenger, something, something bracket where you've got this bracket of teams that could push in there. They're definitely the challengers. And then you've got your, the Blackpool, the Peterborough, that you'd say your top six, and then you've got your top three sort of challenges. And then the beauty of that is across the season, and as it pans out, sort of teams can get relegated and promoted through those different tiers, and you sort of can see those ones climb into those those different areas. I think it, it, it probably right now looks pretty normal. I think if you looked at last season, it would probably be the same. Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday, and then Pompey would probably be up there. Barnsley would be up there. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit, as we'd expect, which is why I wouldn't say read too much into the bookies because they will just go with probably the the most obvious shouts. And as we know, League One is not obvious because if it was, Pompey wouldn't still be in League One, would they? Absolutely. Oh, what a lovely way to end. Our hour is up, ladies and gents. Thank you so it? much for uh, for joining us. Is is there any other business before we go? Wardy's hosting next week, so expect a much more <laughs> stringently planned out hour from. It uh, won't be. I'm, I'm. I'm. I don't have that sort of. I don't have that time at the moment to sort of uh, make that sort of amazing running order. I'll try. I mean, you've. Uh, you've. To be fair, you have set the bar high. We should say. Hopefully, you did enjoy the first episode because if you didn't, then. Um, well, oh, I'm I did. About that. I don't know if anyone else did, but I was talking about us. I was talking about the fucking audience, oh, not us. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Jesus chat, Christ! 
I think what you need to remember, th- this is raw. This isn't us. Yeah, we obviously do our own shows with lots of notes, lots of detail, lots of statistics. Well, I say, like, me, me and Jack and Tom do, and Jake just wins it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think one thing you've got to remember is this is off the cuff. This is our real opinions. This is like we were having a, a chat over a WhatsApp call, over a beer, over over anything. And bear in mind that stick with us. Um, and it's going to be a good season. It's going to be a roller coaster. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. And uh, hopefully you do enjoy this. And let us know what you'd like to see, um, you know, in the coming season. I'm so excited to be sat here when, like, it's been Lincoln Fleetwood the like, the day before or we've had an, an Oxford-Lincoln game or Fleetwood Pompey or whatever. It's just going to be um, good fun to to reflect on some of the big moments of the season coming up. Go on. I would say subscribe to Jake as well. He's got his channel now, hasn't he? Channel for the 72. Was it channel? This is really embarrassing. On YouTube, it is channel for 72. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, do you want to plug it yourself, mate? Because it's, it's channel 72 or channel for 72. Go and subscribe to it. Thank you. Yeah, Channel Seventy Two. Oh, it's I, that I, one, is it? It is. Yeah. The, the problem is, I couldn't have that on 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 my social, so I've had to change it all the here, there, and yeah, right. fucking everywhere. So it is right. just Channel Seventy Two. It is in Tom's most recent live stream and Nappers's as well. So it's not on mine because I I I I didn't know it happened, but it will be. It can be. I don't know. Oh, you. you didn't tell thank me. You. No one's um no one's listening at this point, but we have our own socials as well. If you'd like to follow <laughs> that League One podcast on Instagram and Twitter, please feel free to do so. We're now going to spend the next couple of minutes working out what kind of teasers and releases we're going to do for when this comes out that you've just listened to. Um, I'm assuming it'll be... Are we all free next Sunday for the... What's the date next Sunday? Let's have a little look. Uh, the 29th. Are we all good for the 29th? Ooh, yeah. or is it... Are you sure? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. I think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't see why not. I don't know why we we are planning this still here. That's interesting because obviously I filmed the video today, and then the League One table predictions always every year comes out on the Monday before the season starts. Oh, I I am literally. I've actually made my table prediction, and they keep changing. They've changed since I made it, and um, there's a few surprises in there, but. Um, so we'll obviously that episode will go out on the Sunday. My video will go out on the Monday, and my Twitter, my YouTube, deactivated for the next nine months because, yeah. But what is nice is I don't know about you guys. Just quickly, is you know when like say a Portsmouth fan comes and goes, we're not going to finish ninth, and you think you finish tenth, and, and at the end of the season you can just you can yeah. start to reply to the comments then, can't you? Yeah. You can kind of put, okay, okay, Jack. Sparrow 24. Yeah. Or, or like the, my favourite is the ones that sort of give you loads of reasons why they won't finish where you put them. And you're like, instead of doing that, why don't you just give me your prediction of where you think your club is? Sometimes as well, you get alternative. You sometimes get, no, no we're going to finish lower than that. But a lot of the time it is just, you are absolutely clueless. I, I, I had that with the Wigan fan the other day. I had that with the Wigan fan. He goes, we've got Will Keane, who's fantastic at this level, right? That was Monday <laughs> at 11 o'clock. I think at four o'clock he signed for Preston. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't reply to it until I didn't see it. I'm like, well, Kings at Preston, mate. <laughs> please, Predictions are a great laugh. Please don't put us ninth, Ben, for crying out loud. Don't put us ninth. What, what's the actual plan for next week? Are we doing who won the transfer window? Because that was the initial plan. Yeah, can I do. Think so. Yeah, I think, so. I think we should. Yeah. yeah. Are, we still, are, we, are we still on the episode list? No. Yeah, well, we, yeah, well, I've got to be. We haven't said bye yet. Yeah. <laughs> 
Bye! Can you cut this out? We can't cut it out. We can't. Can we cut it out? That's a lot of work. Yeah, let's not cut it out. Thanks for listening and watching, everybody. Take care, everybody. Hopefully, you did enjoy it. See you later.